In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm always happy when we have these shows. He came on the first time, hit our records for most downloads for one podcast, and then he came back on again, and he took the second most downloads for a podcast. So uh, he's here to finish it off and go for the triple crown. Yeah. The idea here, honestly, is to, to get my name like a, like on an arcade game or pinball scores where my name is the top 10 downloads for the show. And it's just, it's just, it's like I am the show. That's the, that's the joke. Excellent, Ben. And if you didn't guess, guys, it's uh, Ben Albright. Ben, thank you very much for your time. Oh, absolutely, guys. Anytime. Have you worked out your trip to London yet? That's the question I want to know first. Uh, we were working on something, uh, trying to get out there in May. We'll see how that shakes out. Um, I'm not hundred percent on that May or June, not hundred percent on that yet. Um, but we're looking at that. Okay. Excellent. Well, we're all fingers crossed that you're going to make it over here. But at the moment in the Browns camp, we've got more hot air than a Dyson Hoover at the moment. It is lots and lots of hot air, fake news, whatever you want to call it. And Ben, you're probably the best person to Tell us what's true and what's not true. Well, I'll do the best that I can. Um, you know, if I know something, I'll let you know. If I don't know something, I'll, uh, uh, I'll let you know that too. Excellent. So the first name that 24 hours, Browns Twitter's had a meltdown on Duke Johnson not following Cleveland Browns when, if I'm correct, he didn't follow in the first place anyway. But Jack, anything you want to add? Um, I... T- my perspective with Duke is, for me, we don't know how long this suspension is going to be for um, Cream Hunt. Some say up to 10 to 12 games. So for me, keep him for one season and then next season we'll decide. He can either make a full-time move to, say, the slot, where he could be a really good cheap slot receiver and take over from Landry. Or you go, actually, we're going to trade him. It's a good contract some team will take on. Um, so for me, I wouldn't do it this year. Um, but at the same time, when you've got no real Browns OC or head coaches managed to sort of work him in and get him the touches that he should be getting as a talented player, it's not the end of the world if they move on, if no one can sort of hack the code. And um, it's disappointing, but it's one of those things. If you're a good team, you're going to let good players go. And what have you heard? Uh, Well, you know, I mean, there's interest out there. Um, He's definitely a versatile guy. There are people that feel like that, uh, that he can do more than what he's been asked to do. Um, I'll say that, uh, um, you know, I, I've heard that the Philadelphia Eagles were at least interested in sniffing around and seeing, you know, what that would cost. Um, you know, I don't know that he necessarily winds up there, but I, I, I've heard that they have interest, uh, which would make sense because they're, you know, they're kind of looking around and running back type stuff, um, you know, as far as that goes. Um, <clears throat> other, other than that, you know, I, I think they'll probably move him. If they've got Chubb and then depending on, you know, what, what gets handed down for Kareem Hunt, there's really not a place anymore for, uh, for Duke Johnson, which, you know, I think is weird because, you know, he's, he's ultra productive. Uh, he's got great hands out of the backfield and, you know, he's, he's a pretty good running back when you use him as a running back. They just don't use him that way. So, 
you know, I, I think Duke, uh, I think there's a market for him out there, and I think some team's going to wind up with a, with a pretty good football player. Back if I'm correct, though, we've got loads of cap space. We're in no need to get rid of him, surely. It's, it's one of those things that there's no point spending cap on a player that's potentially going to get such small snaps. Um, and it's what you do with that. I'm happy to keep him for another year, but at the same time, if you've got a player that you're not going to play, and the trouble was when Dorsey came out during the Hunk uh, press conference and said, He's not expendable yet. Um, what does that say to a player? That says to a player, we don't value you and we don't want you. Um, obviously, Duke's more mature than AB to have the full meltdown that he had. But um, it's, it's one of those things that it just it sends the wrong message to your team. So uh, I, I think, unfortunately, it could be sooner rather than later he's moved. And the rumour seems to be about a fifth-round pick. Harry Roseman's an incredibly clever GM. I think he's going to get good value and he's going to be used to the full. And then you're going to have lots of Browns fans sitting there within the next six months going, oh, why didn't we do that with Duke Johnson? Oh, he didn't do that here. And having their same old, uh, we could have had a meltdown. Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I, again, I, I think it's just, you know, um, John Dorsey putting his stamp on, um, you know, stamp on the organization. And, you know, Duke is kind of, uh, a talent, but has been, you know, and I hate to use this term, kind of a wasted talent because they just haven't found the niche or role to, you know, to use him for. So, you know, I think he's a very talented player. I just think that, you know, they're trying to find, um, they, they don't really have um, the right role for him. So they try to find him a home and at the same time can acquire some assets to do so. I mean, why not? And uh, a name that's just coming up on the uh, Twitter radar at the moment is uh, Zeitler. Have you heard anything on, on him at all? Uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of rumors floating around on that. Um, and, and I want to stress that this is rumor. Um, but, you know, I, th- there's a giant rumor floating around that, you know, Kevin Zeitler and draft picks and another player, uh, probably Emmanuel Agba, um, uh, for, for Odell Beckham uh, is something that's in the works. That is not from any credible source anywhere. That's not from anything like that. That's just something that happens to be out there right now. Uh, floating around and everybody keeps, you know, uh, trying to be vague and say they, you know, I'm hearing these rumors. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, and I, you know, I, I just, I'd rather just cut through the BS. That's what everybody claims they're hearing. Uh, we'll see if it, if it actually comes true or not. I don't have any confirmation on that whatsoever. Jack, would you think that's a, a good deal or not? Um, to, it all depends what that other pick is. Um, if you ask me what Kevin Zeitler's worth, I think for me, I wouldn't move him on this year. I'd move him on next year um, when the out in his contract's a bit lower. Um, but I would say a top half second round pick's fair. Emmanuel Ogba is not getting renewed in new, um in the Browns, so he's in his final year, and there's so much talent in this class that you can happily move on. So I'd say. Yeah, we're probably talking around, say, a, a third or a fourth. Um, and then it, it's what that pick is. If that pick's a third, I'm going, okay. It's, it's a li- it, there's a lot in there, but I'm happy with it. If that pick's a first, we're overpaying. Um, so it's, it's going to be what comes out of that deal. There's potential there. Obviously, the deal for OBJ means the end of Landry next year, which... I've been telling people it's, it's got to happen. That's the only way they're going to keep moving forward if they want to be a sustainable winning team. But yeah, if, if you can add a player like OBJ, it's going to be great. I just hope it's not overpaying. And you can have that, that 
you love a signing of a player who's going to be a really good player, but you don't like the value you've paid. And fans don't seem to understand those two things can actually coexist. They go, oh, why do you hate this player? Well, if you're paying him three times the value of what he's actually worth, that what he's worth isn't a good thing. Well, but, I mean, a player's what worth what you're willing to pay. So, you know, I think that that's a relative. It's kind of it's like when people tell me, um, and I just for instance, since I live in Denver, we'll take the Broncos. Uh, it's like when people tell me uh, if I suggest Byron Murphy at ten, right? Uh, and then somebody says, "Well, I like Byron Murphy, but he's not worth it at ten. I would take him at 15. And, and I, I like it makes me it, it's kind of befuddling to me because. If a player is worth it, quote unquote, if he's your guy, it, it doesn't matter where you take him or what you're paying him. He's he's your guy. You you go get him. Uh, and so that's the thing. Like if somebody's you know if somebody's worth it for that amount of pay or, or or that amount of compensation or that amount of trade or whatever, then then they're worth it. If you want it, then you then you pay what it's worth to go get it. Um, and if you don't, then you didn't want it. Is there anything that we can just like get a bargain out out of the deal? No. That, no, you like like seriously. I, I, the, the rumors that are floating around, I felt like were still not enough for what it would take to get Beckham, and that would be Zeitler, Agba, a first, and a next year second. Um, and so that's you know that kind of stuff. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how true any of that is. That's just the rumor that's floating around that nobody will seem to say. They'll all say I'm seeing this rumor, but none of them will say the rumor. So I'd just rather cut through the BS and tell you what they're what they're doing and, and quit trying to be cagey about it and, and act like we have some kind of superior knowledge. It's it's just silly. Yeah, thanks, for that, Ben. And we respect that, and our listeners will respect that too. Just to go through what is um, from over the cap, the next four years of pay, um, because it would be a 16 um, million um, signing bonus. So that's already put to one side. So you're looking next four years of salary cap, doing some maths in my head. You're looking at 17 million. You're looking at 14.25. You're looking at um, 15.75 and then 15. So for the player you're getting, the value is really good um, in terms of wages. It's obviously it's still an incredible amount of money. And it's one of them that Landry's going to get really excited that he's teaming up with his buddy from college. But you, he's going to know that his deal isn't hanging around because when you're paying those two players the same money and you're going, who do you want one of the two? You're, you're keeping OBJ and uh, Landry's moving on. But uh, for one year, it will probably be exciting. Um, but no, it's, it, when I talk about value, it's not so much in the draft, as Ben pointed out, which I fully agree with, and drafting corner, cornerbacks is very intelligent. I'll always uh, beat the drum for that. It's if you pay three first-round picks for OBJ, it's not good. You pay one first-round pick for OBJ, it's great buy. So it's that sort of teams can overpay for something. Um, obviously, to that GM, it's always you only pay to what you're willing to pay. Um, but hey, I'll criticise money when uh, it's overspent, whether it's uh, Jarvis Landry, whether it's Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, I, you know, here's the thing. The Browns have a ton of cap space uh, and they've got plenty of cash. They're not a cash poor team either. So the, the reality is they can afford to keep all these guys. Basically what you do at this point, because you have so much cap space, is you front load deals. Um, you know, and, and so if you, if you front load these deals, then, you know, you can afford these guys cheaper down the line. Um, the, the key is not to have them holding out mid contract or anything, you know, but, but otherwise I think that, um, you know, I think you can pull it off. You can, you can pull off keeping Landry and Beckham long-term if you want. Um, that, that's just a question of whether or not they want to, which, you know, is what it is. But, you know, I, I think that 
the problem John Dorsey had in Kansas City uh, was cap problems. He had cap problems, and it, it ended up squeezing them out in the end. But um, they've got so much room right now that you can really front load deals that you maybe couldn't before, and uh, you can do some things that he wasn't able to do in Kansas City. And um, you know, a lot of that is is a credit to Sashi Brown and what he did, and you know, in dismantling and rebuilding from the start and, and giving that available space, uh, you know, to pass along. So. You know, I, I think the Browns are set up well. If, they, if there's something, if this is something that's real and something they want to do, then uh, they've got the means to do it. The, the question really is, is do they want to do it? Do both parties want to do it? This is something that uh, that gets done. So I've got an article that I've I've spent quite a bit of time researching, looking further down the line to when potentially Baker and when Miles Garrett gets renewed. So by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably have dropped because it's dropping tomorrow. It'll be at the northcoastsports.com, which is Jack McCurry's site. Um, but I've looked at sort of the deals and sort of benchmarks, um, Aaron Rodgers deal and um, uh, Max deal against the salary cap and looked at a percentage to come out with if you're paying those two players what that might look down the line and the options we have to make sure when those deals come up, we can guarantee them. And then I've looked at all the other teams that made the playoffs in the last four years and how much they spent on their highest two players. And I can tell you, I'll I'll encourage you to go read the full piece, but we are nowhere in the same margin if um, Garrett and if um, Baker Mayfield become the players that we hope and they have the potential to become, um, we are going to be in salary cap hell at that point. Because if you're spending um, over a quarter of your salary on two players, then the rest of that roster is going to suck. Um, so there's for me, there's danger in spending it all now because the Browns, even though they have got this salary cap rollover, they were the sixth highest spenders and over the NFL salary cap last year in just the one year look at it so it's it's almost artificial you've got the nfl salary cap which is your current account that's the money that gets added each year as your salary that you can spend on players and look at the salary cap rollover the 56.5 million off the top of my head that's a one-time spend savings account once you spend that that's not going to be there next season so if you sign someone to a 56 million deal over three years that is your entire savings gone out of that account. Um, and then you're basically looking at just spending what you've got as NFL salary cap because in three years' time, the whole salary cap rollover is gone. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. But the salary cap tends to go up about 10% each year. Um, and that accounts for the rookie class plus about $2 million, depending on how many draft picks you have. Uh, so that's important to factor in. You know, the, the salary cap is constantly growing. Um, it, it's important to look at contracts, I think, uh, in terms of percentage of cap. Uh, if you're not a cash-poor team, and, and, and the Browns are not, um, they're not a team like, for instance, the Chargers or, or the Broncos, who are kind of traditionally cash-poor, or the Raiders, that's interesting, all the or AFC West. Um, you know, then, then it doesn't really, cap doesn't really matter. You know, if, you, if you're smart enough, you can pencil whip the cap any which way you want. I mean, it's just a, it's just a guideline and a parameter. Uh, the key is, you know, is figuring that out and, and, and being able, being malleable and able to adjust that. So, um, you know, I, I think that uh, if you're, you know, if you truly want to get, and the, the Eagles are one of the best teams at doing it, by the way. Uh, I think if you truly want to get that and get your roster stack, you, you'll find a way. You just need to have the right guy in there that, you know, knows how to do generic basic math oh without a doubt and uh, all the article stuff and i'm a big fan it's all percentages i use there is no point looking at numbers they're basically they're almost 
mythical things because the last two years is, is slowed down, which is a surprise considering there is so much growth in the NFL. Um, I don't know if it's waiting for the next big TV deal before it jumps again or the CBA will move it, but we've been at 6.1% increase and 6.2% increase, which was a surprise because uh, with Goodell's projections, we're looking at 8% to get to his was it 35 um, billion or 45 billion target? So um, no, but Howie Roseman is the um, king when it comes to salary cap stuff. And I think it's really easy to sort of hide one player's salary. Um, you just confront like when you've got two players as, as big and um, potentially as expensive as Garrett and um, Baker, I think that's where you potentially come into cap problems. So I laid out loads of different options about how you can hide that money and sort of work around it but um I've, I've i've thrown it out there and it, it's just about becoming smarter as a fan so um i'd really encourage that make sure you follow ben because he'll tell you everything that's happening 24 hours to sometimes three weeks before it even happens with some of the uh, announcements i've seen which is mad <laughs> in its own right um but no it's just keep reading and keep learning fans it's uh there's so much fantastic content out there yeah, I, you know, and that's the thing. It is about educating and trying to get uh, and, and trying to get um, you know a better grip on it. So that's that's always what I want to be doing. Is I always want to be a conduit to information. I always want to make sure I'm I'm imparting something and um, you know and then trying to learn something too. You know, every conversation they go into is not just about me telling other people you know what's happening. It's like I'm trying to learn from them too. You know, we're all just dudes talking football. And the, at the end of the day, you know, you can you can go on and see these these spreadsheet nerds and and, and people trying to be fake smart about all this stuff and. In the end, we're all just dudes talking football. So, so this whole like uh, this attitude that goes on on social media, this condescension, the snide condescension that people have—forget all that. Uh, it's it should be all about learning from each other and, and and trying to enjoy this stuff instead of trying to, you know, whip it out and act like who's smarter than the other. Yeah, and just a number on the projected Brown salary cap, uh, cap cost for their draft class. Working on drafting the first um, all the players in the first five rounds and then cutting the sixth and seventh pick because then you have to take off the players you're moving off the roster to put them in. I'm projecting the class to come out about 3 million net this year. So um, nice and cheap. And I think once they trade off some of them picks, I think it's coming down even lower and it might even be cost neutral. But then obviously if you traded those picks off for an OBJ, then uh, it moves around where the number comes. But um, no, the, the class is going to be nice and cheap because if you're, if you're cutting a player on say 720 grand to bring in a, a pick on 500 grand, then um, you're saving some money with each of them. Excellent. And uh, Ben, we've certainly got a uh, analytical uh, spreadsheet junkie with Jack on the uh, on the other line, haven't we? So, uh, well, I didn't mean to be. I didn't, I, and that came across kind of snide too, which I guess undercut my point. But uh, I was taking a specific shot at somebody else, and you know, right. I, I don't I don't mean to do all that. I look in the end, like I'm not. I'm trying to <clears throat> I'm trying to change things up a little bit this year. Trying to be a little more positive and cut the cut the dead weight out. You know, cut these people out that are only in it for snarky commentary. Forget all that. We're out here trying to have fun. That's why we all love football in the first place. It's supposed to be fun, right? So you know, forget, forget all these people that are out there trying to be, you know, trying to be condescending and trying to be belittling and trying to act like they know more than you. Or they don't. Uh, and most of them that sit there and do that kind of stuff never even played. So you know, the, the idea that um, you know that we need to be snotty to each other is just it's just stupid. Let's try to have fun. And talking about fun, did you see my forty-yard uh, dash? I, I did, sir, and that's what I'm talking about. Now, see, that's uh, we need more of that. That's that's content right there. Uh, I, uh, I I did see that. I uh, and actually, you know, one of those things I want to do is, is dust mine off and see if, see what I can run, see if I can still break five uh, seconds on my forty. So uh, that, that's going to be my goal. If I get out there and do that, maybe I'll try to raise uh, raise some money for um, 
for paralyzed veterans, you know, a dollar for each second it takes me to run the 40. We get up enough donors. We'll be, uh, you know, we'll have some money. for. Yeah, Ben, bring your running shoes over to uh, London. We'll go head to head. All right. Let's make this happen. And uh, I see you doing something else at the moment. You're doing a Madden challenge as well. Uh, yeah, I basically, uh, you know, the Alliance of American Football, uh, there was some interest in that. So I took uh, the Madden video game and created some realistic rosters with realistic ratings for the players uh, for each team. And so what I'm going to do is create maybe a little league and uh, have, you know, six or seven other people in there with me. We'll play a little league, you know, kind of thing. And um, we'll, we'll take the money raised from that and kind of donate that as well. That's, that's, you know, it's kind of a pet project near and dear to me. So one of those things I'm just trying to do. Excellent. And uh, well done, Ben. That's a great cause. There was a uh, really nice touch I saw on Twitter from yourself this week. Um, you hit 70,000 um, Twitter followers, but it wasn't I hit 70,000 um, Twitter followers. It was we. And just stuff as simple as that just shows it's the community you're trying to build online and it's everyone working together. And there is so much interaction because there is sort of Rappaport, Schefter and yourself. They are the main people I go to. And I, am go to. <laughs> I am not in that league at all. Well, it's the I people I go to to check stuff, um, but yeah. it's that sort of it, it. It feels more of a community or um, Twitter timeline. Um, obviously, them guys do not have the time to answer to a million or so people on their tweets, but it's it's the fact there is so many people engaging in this stuff, and then people will have conversations, which you probably blow up your uh, mentions, but people can have conversations within that and it, it spawns. There, there is really good debate in some of them. Sometimes it's horrendous and just nuts, but there is times when it is good. Well, and that's the thing. Like I was, that's what I want to do is, you know, what I want to do is foster critical thinking, is foster, um, you know, intelligent debate and, and, and everybody getting smarter as a collective because of it. What I don't want is some you know, know it all, jumping in there and acting like they, you know, uh, I, blah, 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 I, I'm just here observing and making fun of you. And, you know, I forget all that stuff. I, who has time for that? Who has time to be that negative, you know? <laughs> and I've got a question for you. Back onto the Browns. What names do you think are going to be linked with the uh, Browns and free agents? Uh, well, I think we've, you know, I think we've talked about <laughs> the Odell Beckham thing, which, you know, again, it's a rumor floating around. Uh, D Ford is somebody that, that John Dorsey, I think would be very interested in. If they move on from Ogba, that would be a natural fit to replace him. Um, you know, that's a lot of money to tie up, bringing in an Odell, bring in a D Ford, that kind of thing. But, you know, very plausible, very possible. Uh, you know, obviously Dorsey has the connections. He's kind of drafted him, but, um, you know, I, I again, I, I think that that's, that's part of what it is. They're trying to get, um, you know, the defense, the way that they want it. I think that you're going to see uh, some linebacker action. They, uh, the Browns were a poor tackling team last year. They had a pretty good defense, but there were times where, uh, specifically when opposing teams were running the football, uh, the Browns were just a poor tackling team and it cost them. You look at that Chargers game last year, and there were other things in that game that cost them as well, but uh, very poor tackling in that game. Uh, led a lot of big chunk gains for Melvin Gordon and, and allowed the, the Chargers to kind of run roughshod over the Browns. And I think that's something that they've identified and really want to shore up this year. There's, yeah, sorry. There, there's three names. I'll start with the first one that if anyone's seen my Twitter timeline for the last sort of four months since basically week two of the season, um, Trey Flowers. I've loved his play. Um, it's They're now talking about 17 million, which I'm I'm starting to wince a bit, but... Let, let's just what's the sort of noise about where he's going uh where who's going 
Trey Flowers? Oh, Trey Flowers. Okay. Uh, I, you know, Miami is really kind of the, um, you know, the, the destination, <laughs> obviously there's a connection there, uh, with, you know, with the head coach, Brian Flores, uh, it was the defensive coordinator there in New England. Uh, I think they've, they're going to have the space to do it. I think that he's the scheme guy they want. Uh, and I don't think the Patriots are going to pay the premium. We'll see, uh, but I doubt it. Uh, so I, I would suggest that Miami's leader in the clubhouse, if that were to fall through, um, you could see several different directions, you know, kind of being gone. But I, I suspect it's going to be Miami. Um, my name, Ronald Darby for the Eagles. Obviously had some injury issues, but it's probably one of the best corners out there on the market this free agency window. Um, yeah, that's a pretty thin <laughs> free agent corner class. If Ronald Darby's the top of the mark, I, I'm not a big Darby guy. Um, you know, he's had some injury issues as well. Uh, you know, Denver may sniff around that. Um, you know, Denver's looking for some more man corners. They really only have Chris Harris on the roster. Uh, they've got Yadam as well, but, uh, you know, he's still young and, and, and developing. He showed some promise, but he's really a number three corner. So the Broncos need a number two and a number four corner. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't think you solve both those by going to the draft again and just having Chris Harris and a bunch of young guys. So um, I, I think they'll pursue that. Darby, you know, could be a guy, maybe winds up in Denver. I, I you know, I kind of doubt it, but, um, you know, we'll see. He's a guy that might wind up in, uh, for instance, with the Jets also. You know, if you look at what, what they have, that, that'd be another fit for what he does. Um, I, I just think, you know, you look out there at this, this, this free agent corner class, and it's just not very um, – well, that's not Mitz Woods. Good. It's not good. Um, so, you know, you got guys like Bradley Roby thinking they deserve $10 million a year on the free agent market, and that's, that's a ludicrous number for him. So, um, you know, and, and the problem is, is that it's so thin he might get it. So, um, you know, there's going to be suitors. Uh, everybody's always looking for corners. Uh, it's one of the more important positions, one of the top five most important positions on the field. Um, so, you know, I, again, I, 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 I think it's probably going to be – uh, a, a team like the Jets, but we'll see. And then the final name is Hicks. For me, I prefer him as a linebacker over um, Mosley because of his better coverage skills and what he's done there. But um, could you could you see one of them big two linebackers potentially landing with the Browns? Well, they're going to be looking for linebackers. Um, they're they're really going to be looking for solid tackler types, um, side to side solid tackler types. Uh, if you look at, you know, defensively, uh, what they want to be doing schematically, um, that's kind of the key. I, I don't I don't know that Hicks is a fit for what they do. He's a good coverage backer. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I would suggest – I don't think that they're going to do it because obviously I think the Ravens are, but C.J. Mosley would be a good, a good fit. Um, you know, he can go side to side, although he's been more of a 34 guy, uh, 34 inside guy. Um, who else? The Browns were real interested in Shaq Barrett a few years back. Uh, it'd be an interesting transition because he was an outside guy in a you know in a 34 for Denver. It'd be an interesting to see what he did in that in that lineup. But um, you know that was a guy that that uh, the Browns had been interested in for a number of years uh, before Dorsey got there. So uh, up to and including trying to do a trade of Joe Thomas for Shaq Barrett in a first round draft pick. Uh, that was a trade that was put out there and always said no. So um, you know interesting to see what happens there. And one other one, crazy prediction time. Could you see Dave Gettleman holding a press conference announcing that after Collins has left, they sign Jamie Collins and it's a one-for-one -one deal and he's managed to save $4 million a year and self-proclaiming himself as a cap wizard while bashing an imaginary keyboard? 
Um, yes, those are all things that are realistic and could, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be, uh, I don't think that's going to be it. I'm not a fan of Dave Gettleman ever, ever since that, um, especially after that press conference, after he picked Barkley, um, anyone that values linebackers and running backs as probably two of the most important positions in the NFL. I don't think he's watching enough of the NFL, but, um, Hey, it's, uh, I just can't stand the guy. Well, you know, he's a throwback guy, uh, kind of get that old school mentality. And, you know, so a lot of there's a disconnect there, especially with the, you know, new school fans and analytics, which he does not employ at all. So, you know, I would say that um, I, I know people that know Dave. And so, you know, I, I don't want to bash him, but uh, I would say that his philosophy and my philosophy are not ones that are uh, exactly alike. And you said that so well, so diplomatic. <laughs> well, uh, you know, if you like that, uh, Benjamin Albright running for presidency here in 2020, I'm probably courting the wrong people here as you are not United States voters. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, it never hurts. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know you are under the weather and uh, it means a lot to us here in London that you put the effort in time to uh, come and talk to us about all the hot gossip that's going on in the Browns world at the moment? Uh, you know, anytime, guys. I always love coming on with you guys, so it's always fun. Excellent. I'm looking forward to London. Uh, we're going to do the 40-yard dash. Maybe we do the uh, gondola challenge, or I don't know, maybe a free cone Jaeger bomb challenge. I don't know how you do it that. <laughs> well, uh, as long as I'm over there and that close to, uh, to, to Scotland, maybe we ought to try a real Scotch whiskey challenge. Ooh, that sounds a challenge. <laughs> all right jack um your article's gone live jack so i'm excited to read that no it's uh it's out there guys uh, if it hasn't quite dropped yet it's because we dropped this podcast slightly early but um yeah just pop over to my twitter pop over to the website make sure you go and follow ben if you're not following ben i don't know what you're doing so pause this go follow him and then come back and listen to the ending right here ben give me your twitter account if anyone's uh, mad enough not to be following you already well, uh, if you are following me, you can unfollow me at Albright NFL. My, uh, my mentions are a dumpster fire, they're complete trash. And uh, if you are following me, you already know this. So what are you waiting for? Uh, if you're not following me and you would like to unfollow me, you can follow me at Albright NFL and then click that unfollow button. Uh, we're trying to get my, my follower count all the way down to zero. Uh, with your help, we can do it today. Ben, you're an absolute legend. Thank you very much for your time. A plug from my side. Go watch my four-minute hilarious NFL Combine Jaeger Bomb Challenge video. It's now on YouTube. Have a watch, have a laugh, and relax and enjoy the NFL. <laughs>